0: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. You're out, you're about, but you want your Dan Patrick. Well, good news, he goes everywhere with you. If you miss the show, you can podcast it. If you want to see the show, just go to Peacock, and we stream it live every weekday. Watch past episodes, too. The Dan Patrick Show, available anywhere you are, any way you want it.
1: to pick the Bengals. Burrow, long count. Joe has the ball. Drops back to throw. But I'd be picking the Bengals just because I want the city of Cincinnati.
0: Aaron Donald got there. Donald takes his helmet off in celebration. I
1: I think the Rams Rams are going to win.
0: You brought the Rams back to Los Angeles. Congratulations. You built the world's greatest stadium. Rams how. Put together the greatest players and to the Super Bowl champion, and now you've won Super Bowl 56. The Vince Lombardi Trophy is staying in Rams' house. World champs, baby! baby! Welcome to the Dan Patrick Show. The day after.
2: I wanted this open. I dreamed this, man.
3: Everything was on the line.
0: Everything. Broadcasting from the Mercedes man cave. Another inning. fit for Hollywood. This is Dan Patrick.
1: Final hour on this Monday. Best and worst of the weekend. More phone calls coming up. Carson Palmer will stop by as well. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at Show Got a poll question. Another stat of the day as well. What happens sometimes after the Super Bowl, we tend to look at those teams and say, all right, what do they have to do to get back here next year? You know, the Rams have some decisions to make. They're losing their offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, going to the Vikings. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, their offensive lineman, will retire Aaron Donald didn't shoot down the rumors that he's thinking about walking away. Odell Beckham is hurt and a free agent. Von Miller is a free agent as well. Some decisions to make. I'm guessing, depending on the severity of Odell Beckham's injury, that he'll be back or they'll at least try to get him back. The same with Von Miller. But um, it's not that easy. Sometimes you think a team is, you know, they're going to have a run here. I mean, they're going to be back. And you think about that with the Bengals. In fact, after the loss, Joe Burrow had this to say:
2: "Do you view the, the playoff run and even the performance today as the start of something for you?
1: Yeah, I think you know it's going to propel us into next year.
4: and We're going to have a really good off season. I know, our, you know we have a lot of hard workers in that locker room that are going to
0: attack this off season like they did last year. You know, obviously we're not we're not satisfied with what we did this year. We're going to keep getting better and attack next year with the same intensity."
1: But I started to look at this in a bigger picture with just the Bengals, can they do this again? Well, they can do it. The question is, are they better than Kansas City? Are they better than Buffalo? Those are the two favorites right now. Best odds to make the Super Bowl next year. Cincinnati is not too far down the list, but the Rams are in there as well. So it's top-heavy with the AFC. Now, let's say Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver. So now you have another contender there, Russell Wilson. Let's say he would go to an AFC team if he, if he leaves Seattle. So all of a sudden, then the AFC is top-heavy. Uh, the Rams are going to be in there. The Cowboys will be in there. The Niners in there. The Green Bay Packers in there. But, you know, you're going to get teams that are going to get better. Baltimore's going to be better. I don't know what's going to happen with Arizona with Kyler Murray. That's bizarre. You know, kind of mixed reports on Kyler Murray, new contract, uh, You know, is he immature? Do do they believe in him? It's, It's weird. You're going to be paying him $45 million a year. You got to be all in on him. And if he has questions, if he felt like he was the scapegoat. Now, I didn't get that sense that he was the scapegoat. I didn't think they were a very good team. But I think he thinks or he's being told, hey, you're being made the scapegoat here for you guys bowing out. I don't know. If that's the case nationally, maybe locally he feels that way, but he's scrubbed at any mention of uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Chris Mortensen had the report. It's been kind of quiet, but uh, I'm not sure what the end game is going to be for Kyler Murray. And at what point do the Cardinals say we're going to have to trade him? Because it doesn't sound like, you know, they, they feel like they can rectify this, but uh, I was just going on Chris Mortensen's report there. Also, I truly believe Stephen Ross is in, in trouble, in jeopardy of losing the ownership of the Miami Dolphins. I, I believe that that is real. That is real. And it should be because the commissioner has to come down hard and the other owners have to come. They have to vote. You're going to tank, you're going to pay a coach to tank. And, and if that's the case, commissioner's got to take, away. I mean, that's fixing a game. Got to take away the team. And he did address it sort of because he had to at the, you know, the commissioner's state of the union address, but they can have a vote. He doesn't want to say anything in those situations. It's like, let me just stand up here and act regal. And I'm the commissioner and I'm not going to say anything. But I'm going to look like a commissioner not saying anything. Any more questions? Thank you. That's the feeling I got. Uh, some uh, stats off last night. Cooper Cup ended this year with 178 catches, two thousand four hundred twenty-five yards, and 22 touchdowns in 21 games. I mean, that's where you you know they talk about in a in a golf tournament. You, you know, you're the clubhouse leader. You go into the clubhouse and you're leading. Because you're finished. That's where you just put it up there and you go, anybody want to try to come and get that? One of those, two of those, all three, and Super Bowl MVP. Like, this is the greatest season a wide receiver has ever had. You can say, you know, Randy Moss, what he did when he had uh, 24 touchdowns in 2007. They didn't win the Super Bowl that year. Matthew Stafford is one of seven quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl despite throwing multiple interceptions. Stat of the day, Whoa. stat of the day, pop, pop. stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that <laughs> what? stat of the day. Uh, you know, the Rams had seven sacks. That's tied for the most in Super Bowl history. The 2015 Broncos, the 85 Bears, and the 75 Steelers. Those are all really incredible defensive performances with those uh, three other uh, teams. And I I couldn't help, but when I was watching the game, and while I thought the Rams would win, I was rooting for the Bengals. And the Bengals have now lost three Super Bowls by combined 12 points. They lost to Montana by five. They lost to Montana by four. And then they lost to Matthew Stafford and the Rams by three. And, and it started out the same way it started out against Kansas City. I just thought, oh, don't get blown out. Just, just make this. My wife said, if you could sign up for the Bengals losing on the last play of the game and they lose by one. I said, right now, I'd take it. But they had the lead in the fourth quarter. And, and I do think if, if you say, well, was there one play that really turned this around? As strange as it's going to sound, it was when Aaron Donald had a legal hit on Joe Burrow. And then it's it's as if the Bengals' sideline kind of fired him up. And they were defending their quarterback. It wasn't a, a cheap shot. He pushed him out of bounds. But you could, t- and like after that, Aaron Donald's like, They <laughs> <laughs> <And I, laughs> woke and I, him up. Yes.
4: <laughs> and then it was all over with. At halftime, he had no tackles and one quarterback pressure. Yeah.
1: Uh, phone calls, we'll uh, get to those. Carson Palmer will join us coming up. A uh, couple other things. The, uh, the Lakers and the Nets have something in common. They keep losing. Nets have lost 11 in a row. Uh, Lakers lost again. But uh, I think that's about it with other sports. The commissioner of baseball got together, and they have no time frame for any of this stuff, even starting spring training. I know they're talking about a universal DH. I do know that. That seems to be like, hey, we don't have any update on the season, but how about a universal DH? <laughs> That's one of those where you go, let's not get bogged down with that boring, you know, uh, lockout stuff. Look at this. We may have a universal DH. Um, all right, Commissioner. Thank you. Yeah, Paul. Dan, you should have let
4: out the show today. You know, we're going to get to the Super Bowl if we can, but Dan, we want to d- debate about the DH. Can we keep it in the NL?
1: What are we going to do? Yeah. Uh, let's see A couple of phone calls Ace and Charlotte Leads us off this hour Hi Ace What's on your mind?
0: Hey, hey D.P. Ace Thanks for taking my call Yep uh, I told Tyler Best of the weekend Was The Bengals And Bengals Nation In The bright future ahead And He hasn't had it worse And I, I just said I wouldn't say it's the
1: worst But it was a close game And unfortunately The, the Bengals didn't come out On the The winning side of things uh, The future is bright so that's all. Love the show. Thank, Thank you, Ace. Pete. Thank you. And yeah, we talked a little bit about the halftime show. It's not in my wheelhouse, but I still appreciate that music. And a lot of people were, that's the best halftime show I've ever seen. I still go back to Prince just because of his performance. And, you know, you're watching that. And yes, it was singing Purple Rain in the rain. And, and just the the stage presence that he has. Like, that's a solo act. The, you know, that's a group effort last night. And you can't go, those are all heavyweights. But, you know, you got Prince. Prince by himself. Yes, Todd.
4: But when you hear, da-da-da-da-da, it's the D-O-double-G. If that doesn't bounce you off <laughs> your couch
2: and get you ready for a good time, then I don't know how to help you.
1: You were bound and determined to get that in. I
2: really was. For the whole drive in. I was practicing it with Seton, actually.
1: Go ahead. I'll give you 10 seconds. That's all I got. I'll give you 10 seconds to freestyle.
2: Da-da-da-da-da. Oh, it's the D-O-double-G. Bow, wow, wow. Yippee-yo, yippee-yay. Snoop Dogg is definitely in the house. Okay. And the girls ain't leaving till 6 in the morning.
3: 6 in the morning.
2: They all bought their cups, but they ain't chipped in. (laughs) We don't love you, though. I'm out the dope. I'm all about that. I don't care about the football game.
3: They didn't sneak in gin and juice, though, last night. They did not. I know. They skipped that. I improvised
4: there.
1: I know. And I I think the NFL said to Eminem, I don't know who else, please don't pull down your pants. Because I I guess there was the possibility that they were going to take something out. Imagine that meeting. Yeah. Uh. The commissioner commissioner wants to talk to you. All right. Hey, um, you know, we'd appreciate it if, uh, you know, we had the whole Janet Jackson thing. Remember that? Like let's not have a moment similar to that, okay? Yeah, seen It was it's a pretty amazing moment though, last like to
3: think of last night and Dr. Dre performing there and all of he was had his hands on every single one yeah. of those artists that and that uh and all of those hits, yeah. right? Yeah. Um and then to think of you know, you go back to 1988 at NWA and everything that he started there. It's a hell of a career. And to hit that moment where you're the Super Bowl
1: halftime performer, it was really remarkable. It's, a, it's a, like historic. You know, I liked Bruno Mars better than I did last nice. night. I, <laughs> I think Bruno Mars, I thought he was awesome. Hot, 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 and hot, I don't hot. I'm not a Bruno Mars fan. I just know when he got up there. Sounds I, like you are. I I thought he was great. I mean, you could see somebody and say I, I appreciate that performance. That doesn't mean, you know, I I don't know his song. I mean, I know his songs, but yeah, I still go back to Prince was wonderful. You know, you still had the Stones in there, or Springsteen and, you know, some of the uh the older bands, but Prince to me and Michael Jackson was great, too. I know that we tend to look back now at Michael and we, you know, we're, we're not as enthusiastic about Michael for a variety of reasons. <laughs> Probably the fairest way I can put it. But, you know, those are two of the greatest showmen ever. And they were they were solo acts there. Yeah, Paul.
4: I love the very stiff PA announcer announcing the halftime act. Like, <laughs> He's known for his hits like gin and juice. Here's Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Very stiff. <laughs> uh,
1: Michael in Texas. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind? How you
0: doing, guys? Well, I listen to every single minute of every single show, and I actually was driving from L.A. to Austin on Tuesday, and then Saturday I was driving from South Carolina to Austin. I moved dogs, cats, rats uh, all over the country for people who don't like to drive, and I actually listened to Friday's show twice, at night, because I missed it because I was on the plane, so I'd listen to it as it replays, and it replayed twice in a row overnight. I think a best poll question you could have would be the best guest from last week, and my choice choice is: Ed Oberon.:
1: Yes.: I was thinking about that. There are a lot of people who uh, reacted the same way. Thank you, Michael. Ed Orgeron. So the uh, former USC recruiter, LSU you know, football coach. And he told a story about trying to get Adrian Peterson to go to USC. And his dad was in prison in Oklahoma. He tried to get his dad transferred to L.A. County Jail. and And it wasn't a joke. He was saying, look, I compete. I was competing. I was trying to get Adrian Peterson. And it was so important for his dad to be able to watch his son play football in prison. And uh, that's why he was staying, you know, Adrian stayed at Oklahoma so his dad could watch those games. But imagine that, you know, Ed Ogeron's going, uh, I can probably get you L.A. County jail. And they're going to transfer him just so he can watch his son play at USC. He, who knows what, what uh, recruiting stories he has. Those are the ones he could tell because I would be like, can you tell me some uh, crazy stories? And then he told the one where he went to find a recruit and couldn't find him for days. Meanwhile, the school that he lost him to was hiding him in a (laughs) a church. (laughs) So that's awesome. Yes, Todd.
2: And what kind of connections would
0: a football coach have with the penal system, know. <laughs> where he could be so bold to think that that was something he could possibly pull yeah. off? Is amazing. I would
1: me. love to have that. Co- I would hear that conversation where you know Coach O is going to say, you know, I want to get. Uh, Seaton does the impersonation a lot better than I do, but Mark Sanchez does a great Coach O impersonation. You like Gumbo? <laughs> that was the best. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul. The other story he told is that you
4: take the recruits down to Manhattan Beach. It's beautiful. It's rich in uh, outside of Los Angeles. There's Kobe Bryant's house. There's Denzel Washington's house. He goes, <laughs> I didn't know if they lived there, but big house. I just told him it's Kobe's house.
1: Yeah, they weren't even Kobe's house or Denzel's <laughs> house, but he's saying, there's, there's Kobe, there, there's Denzel, you, this can be you. Uh, let's see. John in California. Hi, John. Then we'll take a break. Carson Palmer will join us guys, how you doing? Good, John. Good.
0: Uh, Best of the weekend was uh, covering a five-way parlay. Worst of the weekend was the Bengals not covering outright, Um, which brings me to my point. Taylor really screwed up towards the end of the game in his coaching strategy. I don't know why... Joe Mixon was not in the game yeah. running the football at the end, and they had P. Ryan in there. Yeah. Mixon was outstanding all game. Why in the world did he bring P. Ryan in in the most critical moment? That was a big
1: mistake. Yeah, I thought Mixon quietly had a great game. Yeah, he threw a touchdown pass. He had uh, close to 80 yards rushing. And that, and that wasn't an easy pass that he had because he had to loft it just high enough and not too far where it'd go out of the end zone to T. Higgins. But I, I, I you know, when they put in P. Ryan, and I just thought, okay, I guess he's a better in between the tackles or he's stronger or whatever. Mixon was wonderful. Played a great game. All right, we'll take a break. We'll uh, hear from Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup when we come back and we'll also uh, talk to our good buddy Carson Palmer back after this Dan Patrick show
0: hey it's Ben host of the fifth hour with Ben Maller along with my trusty sidekick David Gascon would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey you're asking what in God's name is the fifth hour I'll tell you it's a spin-off of the Ben Maller show a cult hit overnights on FSR why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week, explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the fifth hour with Ben Mather on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app,
1: search FSR to listen live. Dan Patrick Show brought to you by CBD, trusted by professional athletes. Level Select CBD provides targeted relief, helps treat everyday discomfort when you need it the most. Go to levelselectcbd.com, promo code DP30. That will give you $30 off your entire order. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. Update the uh, poll results there, Seton, before we get to Carson Palmer.
3: Well, we're sticking with uh, who had the better night. So far, we could change it up if you want, but this is just a, right now, uh, 98% of our audience hates marriage. They've got (laughs) Taylor Rapp got engaged. He did not have the better night. It's pretty much split. Van Jefferson having his second child right up at top. Eric Weddle uh, with his torn pec and coming out of nowhere with a big play. 44%. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Do you get it? Okay. So if I'm Taylor Rapp's, uh, his uh, fiance, do you ask would we have gotten engaged if we lost the Super Bowl? Like, do you even go down that rabbit hole?
4: Yeah, Paulie. What if he did, what if the Rams lost, and Rap goes up to her and finds a little corner so it's not so public, and and Ash, and she says, well, I was hoping to be a a two-ring night. It's either two rings or no rings.
1: okay. All right. Carson Palmer, former NFL quarterback, of course, Heisman Trophy winner. His weekly appearance brought to you by Level Select CBD. How'd the Bengals lose this game?
2: Well, it was just a magnificent game for, for all of us fans, for the Cincinnati fans. Um, to come in as an underdog and, and somebody that, you know, people didn't really give a shot or give a chance to. They, they hung in there. They had the lead. Uh, th- this team is here to stay. You know, they, they have a great offseason ahead of them with $60 million to spend in free agency. Uh, some players they're probably going to retain, and they can make a big splash in this free agency. They've got to shore up that offensive line. There's a bunch of vets. There's a bunch of guys. Uh, Taryn Armstead. Uh, the new Orleans saints is a great tackle. Brandon Scherf is a great guard of, of the Washington commanders. There's a bunch of guys out there to go and get, and this is an opportunity to, to really build that. You know, they have a four or five year window here. They got Joe, Joe Burrows on a rookie deal. He's probably going to resign uh, a massive contract in 2024. So they can, they can attack free agency right now and shore up that offensive line, give him some help, give him some support, and still be be prepared for his contract that's coming up in a couple of years.
1: Okay, how much confidence do you have in the Bengals that they will do right by Joe Burrow? Uh,
2: not not a lot. I mean, I just look at history, and, and history says you know they're they're happy with where they're at, and they're going to sit pat. But again, the way things are structured right now with the salary cap and, and free agency, they can go and be super aggressive. They can, I mean, Von Miller's a free agent. They could use another pass rusher, a, a, a third down specialist. Um, You know, Chandler Jones is out there, another veteran, great defensive end. They can go out and and attack free agency because what they can do with Joe's contract is they can sign him in 2024 to a long-term deal and backload a ton of the money so that they still have room in 2024 for the vets they can sign right now in 2022.
1: Well, I think it's tougher for the Bengals to try to come back than the Rams because if I look at the two favorites, overall favorites, it'll be the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. So two AFC teams, whereas the NFC, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, Tom Brady's out of there, and maybe that bodes well. Russell Wilson could be out of the NFC as well. That bodes well for the Rams coming back, even though you got Odell Beckham with his injury and a free agent, Von Miller, a free agent. You lose your offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, who takes the Vikings job, but you still have Stafford at a bargain. He's, I think, $23 million. Uh, Cooper Cup is, you know, whatever, $16 million, so seems like the Rams, they'll have to replace Whitworth. I think uh, he's going to announce his retirement. But you still have Jalen Ramsey. I mean, you still have some impact players. But then you also have the Aaron Donald situation. Like, Rodney Harrison threw that out, and I went, wait a minute. This is a guy who's making $9 million a year. It felt like it was a little bit more of a... I think I need to be up around 18 to 20 million dollars here guys uh, or I just might retire. What do you, what do you make of what Donald said, uh, you know, to Rodney?
2: Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely positioning himself for a for a pay increase. He's the fifth or sixth highest paid defensive player in the league. There's no doubt he should be if not the the, the highest paid defensive player in all the league, top 2, top 3. So we'll, we'll probably see that get fixed this offseason. But back to the AFC, I mean the NFC is right. We, you're right. With all those vets out of the league, the NFC is right. But again, in the AFC, the Bengals beat the Chiefs twice. Yeah. So I know the Chiefs are a contender. I don't necessarily like how the Bengals match up with the Bills on paper. Um, but I would have said the same thing about how the, the Bengals match up with the Chiefs on paper, and they beat them at home, and then they beat them at their home. So they, they've won uh, one on both sides, and and I think the Bengals are going to be here to stay.
1: How painful was it for you to watch – the ending last night?
2: You know, I, I'm so happy for Stafford. It wasn't that painful. I, okay. I really wanted I really wanted to see a victory played in, in downtown Cincinnati. It would have been amazing. I think we will. I mean, Joe Burrow is that good. You know, Jamar Chase is that good. If they can keep these guys together, figure out a way to re-sign T Higgins, keep, you know, Joe Mixon happy. They've got the big three with, with really a fourth and T Higgins. So, um, the the infrastructure is there. They've got to address the offensive line, the defensive line. I mean, how stingy was that defensive line of the Bengals last night? It's like every time they handed the ball off to the Rams running back, he ran into a brick wall. So, I mean, the pieces are there. They've got the right formula. They've got the right guys. Again, they've got a rookie contract at, at quarterback that they that's playing with house money right there. When you're, when you're paying your, your starting quarterback, who's probably the best player on the field, a rookie minimum deal, that, that is playing with house money. So they, they've got the, the right infrastructure, the right pieces around it. they just got to attack this offseason.
1: Put us in Stafford's shoes of you know your receiver is going to be double teamed, that final drive with Cooper Cup, but can you still throw somebody open when they're going to be double covered?
2: Obviously you can. I mean, Cooper cups, you know, you think back to the greatest receivers in in history and you think of Larry Fitzgerald and Megatron and and the size and the bulk or the speed of some of these guys. And it's like, you don't quite trust that Cooper cup is that good. But when you see Sean McVay hand him the ball as a running back on the play of the game on fourth and one, and just know that he's got two guys he's got to beat and and trust that he's going to beat them. The guy is that good. Hmm. It's not flashy. It's not sexy. It doesn't blow you away. Like some of the stuff Jamar chase does some of the catches that Odell Beckham juniors made over his career. It's not that flash. He's just so consistent and so dominant that when the game's on the line, Stafford's been around long enough. He's been in those drives many a times. He knows that when you're down, whether it's the super bowl or a regular season game, You've got to get the ball in your best. You got to get it to your best player without a doubt, no matter what. Sometimes he may be triple covered. He can still find a way to get open. He was getting open against double coverage, and and that's why he's so special.
1: Okay. You get down on the goal line and you see Eli Apple single covering Cooper Cup. I mean, come on. I mean, that's how, how do you get to the point where you have single coverage on Cooper Cup at the goal line?
2: Well, especially the way that the defensive front for the Bengals was stopping the run with four-man pressures. I mean, their their four defensive linemen owned the line of scrimmage. They owned the Rams' offensive line. So they didn't need to load the box and bring nine guys into the box to stop the run. They were doing it with four guys all game. But again, if Cincy can go after, you know, Patrick Peterson's a free agent, Xavier Rhodes is a free agent, there's some guys, hopefully they get Trey Waynes back in the starting lineup, and he can be the player that the Bengals anticipated him being when they gave him that contract. There's just a couple pieces away where you get Patrick Peterson out there on Cooper Cup, that's a pretty good matchup. Um, So there's a couple pieces away, and they just didn't need to leave Eli Apple one-on-one with the Triple Crown winner.
1: That turf at the stadium with what happened to Odell Beckham Jr., is that turf-related or OBJ-related?
2: It sure didn't look turf-related. I mean, it's hard to say that right now the day after the game. That's just one of those ACLs. I hope it's not torn. I hope it's just... Um, maybe a bone on bone collision that he felt in there. Uh, but it, it did not look like it was the turf that turf's only a handful of years old. I'm sure it's, it's holding up pretty good. That looked like, unfortunately I've been there. That looked like a knee that was reconstructed surgically a couple years ago, and then maybe gave out. It happened to me. It happens pretty easily. And when it does happen, it's very rarely a collision or a traumatic injury where somebody is crashing into you. A lot of times when you see that, it's just a guy planting or running or jumping. And that looked to be what it was with OBJ yesterday.
1: Well, he took, first of all, the pass was behind him a little bit. And he took his eye off the ball because it was almost as if he had caught it. Now he was looking to see, I mean, he was looking to get up, up field quicker than he should have. And it just felt like it was just an awkward moment there.
2: Those are the ones, uh, unfortunately, I hate to say it, I'm knocking on wood. Unfortunately, those are the ones that, that typically are an ACL expiring, snapping, breaking, mm. tearing, whatever it was. Um, you hope, I mean, he's a free agent as well, I believe. So yeah. um, you hope it's not completely torn and he has to start over again and go through the whole rehab process. Hopefully it's a little bit of a tear and they can fix it or just clean it up and, and he'll be ready once, once training camp opens in August.
1: And it felt like he was on his way to if they were winning, he was going to be in the MVP conversation last night. He, he just felt like he got that touchdown, had a couple of big plays there, and then all of a sudden had that injury. We've talked about Aaron Donald before and just how great he is. But, you know, going up the middle against a quarterback, and a lot of quarterbacks have said on this show, you know, they worry about the guy who's coming right at him, not necessarily the guy on the edge. What is it about Aaron Donald? You you sort of know what you're getting. You just can't stop it. So what role do you play in trying to help your team uh, as a quarterback?
2: Well, you got to run the ball. And, and they tried to run the ball. And they did a good job. I mean, Joe Mixon had a phenomenal game. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there is no recipe for Aaron Donald. I, I've seen great ones go up against him and, and double team him. And he is that much quicker, that much more powerful and what you don't realize about Aaron is how short he is. And all that does is pe- people want to say, I want the 6'5, 320 pound guy, but I don't. I want the 5'11, the guy that can get underneath your pads. Most offensive linemen are a little bit stiffer than defensive linemen and don't have that ability to get low and sink their hips. Well, Aaron doesn't have to sink his hips. He comes off the ball with so much power and leverage that. I don't care if you got pro bowlers up front. It really doesn't matter if you're double team, if you're slide protecting and trying to wash him down, he finds a way and they do such a good job by putting him every once in a while on the same side of the field with, with Vaughn Miller, putting him outside and looping him and running all kinds of games where he's not just bull rushing upfield. He's running around the deep, the offensive tackle and getting an edge. He's just that good. He's that dominant. And again, I don't think we see him retiring. I think he's posturing for a new contract which looks well deserved.
1: We had Tony Baselli on. He's going to the Hall of Fame and he said, you know, I hated playing against those shorter guys. They had leverage on me. And you know, and Baselli's six seven and he said, you know, that the, the guy who's six feet, five eleven, those are the guys I brought up John Randall, like these guys that mm-hmm. are just they here they come. They're not tall, but they, they just have that leverage.
2: Yeah. I mean, Warren Sapp was the same. Warren Sapp wasn't 6'5", 340. He played with great leverage. He played with great power. Geno Atkins, a great Bengal defensive tackle that didn't get the credit he deserved. He was a phenomenal, phenomenal player. A lot. He was really built very similar to Aaron Donald. Maybe didn't have quite the same power, but the same quickness. He was six foot, maybe, standing on a book. I mean, maybe he was 6'1", but probably below six foot. But that leverage... Uh, it doesn't matter how long your tackle, your, your arms are at tackle or guard or center. If you can get underneath an offensive lineman's shoulder pads and Aaron does it with one arm. So, I mean, you see him grabbing guys with one arm, putting (laughs) them in somebody's chest and just deep them out of the way. So there's just a, a rare combination of speed and power that Aaron has that maybe we haven't seen since John Randall.
1: Did you meet anybody interesting in Los Angeles? Um, I didn't meet anybody
2: out of the ordinary, but I was in and out as quick as possible. It was an honor to finally come and sit in your studio, your, your makeshift studio. That was great there. Um, but that traffic and and just the chaos (laughs) of the super bowl, I couldn't, I was literally driving home thinking, I can't believe I lived here for four years in college. And I'm so glad I'm out right now. Cause I just, I, I was going 12 miles at one point and it took me an hour and 45 minutes to move 12 miles in the car.
1: I went from uh, Marina del Rey to downtown. It took me 90 minutes and it's 12, 12 and a half miles. Like I, I, I could have gone to law school. I think if, if I commuted in Los Angeles, I probably could get a law degree in a, you know, maybe a year's time of just sitting in traffic.
2: Yeah. What's all this talk about work from home. Nobody's working from home. Everybody's on the, <laughs> on, on the damn highways and freeways. And, you know, I expected to, you know, what was crazy though, is I did do a trip in the middle of, uh, in the middle of, uh, the quarantine, the 14 day lockdown. And I drove from San Diego to Santa Barbara and I was going 80 miles an hour up the four Oh five through century city past Griffiths observatory around, you know, You know on highways and on parts of freeways that i'd never i'd never gone faster than 10 miles an hour and there was nobody on the roads it was a really eerie ghost town feel
1: we uh we had coach o on did he did he recruit you
2: he didn't recruit me but he was he was the defensive line coach at usc when i was there and i was scared to death of the guy (laughs) all he talked about was sacking me all he talked about was i'd you know it'd be march and we're you know in the weight room working out And all of a sudden, I'd hear this noise behind me, and he'd come up, boy, I'm going to come and get you, boy. And i turn around and coach, oh, in a team top, (laughs) dripping sweat, just got off the bench press talking about sacking me. So that, that guy scared the hell out of me.
1: He said that he would bring recruits down to Manhattan Beach, and then he would say, see that house? That's Kobe's. See that house? That's Denzel. He goes, I didn't know if it was their houses, but I told that to the recruits. I... No
2: chance, no chance. The stories I want from the stories I want from Eddie was what was going on at LSU. How did he get? How how were some of those recruiting situations going? How did he get some of the talent down there? Because no, nobody bats an eye what's going on in, in Baton Rouge. Everybody in Baton Rouge is an LSU fan. You don't have to be as worried about all the little rules tidbits of of the recruiting laws. So I want to know some of those LSU stories.
1: Well, we brought up Texas A and M. I go, you know. Jimbo Fisher's all upset because his you know guys aren't getting the credit for recruiting all these kids. And he started laughing because you know, I said, that's oil money there. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on. And now it's it's above board. You're laughing. Yeah. I can give you whatever I want. You Like on the open market, what do you think you'd be worth coming out of high school?
2: I don't even know what it is right now. I, I, I At least a million. Yeah, who At knows? At least a million. But he's the hands down the best recruiting coordinator the best recruiter (laughs) i've been around he's relentless he's always watching film he would pull up things on his laptop of some grainy video he had of some kid in south florida and i'm like coach you can't even see this kid and he's like i know but you know he he had all the stats all the numbers he knew the mom and dad are like he was relentless in his pursuit in recruiting it was it was truly amazing
1: but he told us a story. He was trying to recruit Adrian Peterson to USC. And Adrian's dad was in prison, is in prison in Oklahoma. He tried to get him transferred to an, a Los Angeles prison so he could watch his son play football. That was, you know, that's why Adrian stayed at Oklahoma. And, and you know, Coach O goes, I, I was competing. Got to compete. That's all I was trying to do, compete. I can't imagine you go back to school and you go, um, hey, I, I got Adrian Peterson, but his dad's got to be transferred to L.A. County Jail.
2: Oh, the strings that had to be pulled. I'll tell you what happened with that probably, though, is Adrian Peterson's dad was like, you want me, you're going to transfer me to L.A. County? No, thank you. I'll stay here. Things are a little more cushy maybe in Oklahoma than L.A. County <laughs> Prison.
1: Uh, it was great seeing you, you and your son, and uh, thanks again, buddy. Thanks, Dan. That's Carson Palmer. His weekly appearance brought to you by Level Select CBD. Looking for next-level relief? Visit LevelSelectCBD.com. Phone calls coming up next. Be sure
0: to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: Final results of the poll question. This day in sports history. I mentioned that we would hear from uh, Cooper cup and Matthew Stafford. Here is uh, Cooper talking about the game winning touchdown.
2: Yeah. We had a little run alert in, we can, you know, call the run. If we get the look, we want to, we'll get man or something. We get a zero. I think we ended up getting a zero on that one. Uh, you know, we're able to alert things, uh, alert and throw a little fade ball out there. Uh, you know, Eli Apple has been playing me pretty well. The entire game um, really came up, challenged me. I'm um, doing a really good job with that. And, uh, Yeah, he you know covers zero. You got that inside leverage, so I tried to just weave to his leverage, make him you know move in a little bit, jab him one time, and be able to just give
1: uh, give Matthew some room to put the ball wherever he wanted to, and made a great you know back shoulder throw and uh, was able to come down with it. He almost looked uncomfortable receiving the MVP award. Like uh, I don't know. All right, I'll take it. Here's Matthew Stafford after the win.
4: This is just a long time coming for a lot of guys, you know, this is Andrew Whitworth, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, so many great players, Robert Woods on our team, Cooper, so many guys that I could, uh, that I could name that just that deserve this for the way they go to work every single day, the way they care about each other as, as teammates and people, just so happy to get it done for those guys.
1: Hey, Matthew Stafford there. A couple more phone calls here. Uh, Jonathan in Cincinnati. We going to do this again, Jonathan? Hey, man, uh, we had some technical issues. I don't know what happened that first time. Uh, It's just John, but we're going to go best and worst. And I had a poll question.
0: It's a little irrelevant now. My best was being, being a part of Cincinnati for the uh, excitement the past couple of weeks has been a blast. The worst was, was watching this through my children's eyes yesterday. My son is basically the same age I was in 1989. My daughter's 14 and uh, just really wanted them to, to, you know, I had to relive that moment through their eyes. It's kind of rough, but I was going to ask for a poll question uh, after a game like that for your team, do you watch and listen to all the coverage and, and highlights the next day, or do you shut it all out? Cause uh I wanted to shut it out, but I've been on hold
1: now for a bit. So here we are. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, John. Uh, but I'll uh, talk to Tyler about the technical difficulties. Tyler answering phones today. Marvin sitting in the front row. Yes, Eden. You know it was kind of crazy last night? Watching the post-game
3: interviews. And, uh, you know, Michelle Tafoya gets Aaron Donald right away. He's like, moment ever you know it's like all emotional and like oh look odell beckham jr he's sobbing this is crazy and now let's go to matthew stafford well you know i'm just proud of the guys i think uh, you know everybody just stepped up and uh, it was really a team effort it's like what a robot dude like nothing you don't have anything to be like holy crap it finally happened
1: he was probably as emotional after a week six win against uh you know seattle You know, I'm just proud of this team, the way we all came
3: together. Big team win, uh, you know, obviously uh, couldn't have done it without Coach. And uh,
1: Wouldn't you think that he would be the most emotional? It was almost more like he was in shock or something. Like he just had no emotions. Do you think like he wakes up this morning and he's just sobbing because now he realizes, (laughs) I got out of Detroit. I won a Super Bowl. (laughs) I'm going to the Hall of Fame. Barry in Long Island. Hi, Barry. Good morning, fellas. Good
0: morning, chat row. Uh, best of the week weekend, Salma Hayek in a toga. Worst of the weekend was uh, the Rock and that road rage, whatever the hell that <laughs> thing was. He look. He, he, I mean, the guy looks like one of those dinosaurs out of Jurassic Park. Also, suck uh, at upper left quadrant. Uh, all
1: right. Thank you, Barry. Is that upper left? That's I think Todd. Yeah, sorry, yeah. buddy. I
2: thought, we were, I thought we were pals. What I, happened? I
1: don't know. It, that, he turned on you.
2: Wow. Dang Put on a Barry. linen suit and you start losing all your friends.
1: Yeah, Todd's got his uh, damn three-piece suit on. That's only two-piece, by the way.
2: <laughs> two-piece and a button-down shirt.
1: Yeah. I don't know what The Rock was doing. I, I I guess that if you weren't pumped up to watch the Super Bowl, then he was going to get you pumped up. I went, uh, Okay.
4: Like, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah, Paul. You know what's so smart about the Rock, though? He turns his body so his huge arm is right in the camera. So it looks, it's big already, but it's even bigger the way he pumps it up.
3: Yeah. yeah see. You know what else is wild, too? Is that a dude that big and that athletic couldn't
1: really make it in the NFL. <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if he was that big when he was trying to make it in the NFL. Maybe
3: not. Maybe not. But still,
1: <laughs> that's a hell of a physique there to not be. There's no testing in what he does. Okay, Ho- fair. Hollywood fair. has no testing. Just saying. This the in sports history, Paulie.
4: Rick Mount, 1966. Rick Mount of Lebanon, Indiana. Lebanon was the first male athlete to be pictured on the cover of Sports Illustrated. 1989. Mike Tyson and Robin Givens divorced. Ooh. I thought they would. I thought they'd last. Um, 2002. Greco-Roman wrestler Rulon Gardner was stranded 17 hours in below-zero weather, 25 below zero. He lost a couple toes, but he made it out okay.
1: Yeah, we talked to him yeah. right after that. Yeah. We got him on the uh, radio show. Yes, Tom.
4: Well, I've been wanting me to get rid of my pigeons. I wasn't going to get rid of my pigeons, right,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mike Tyson. (laughs) Once once again, if we have Tyson on in studio, then you're going to have to do the impersonation. I don't
4: laugh like that. I think we should take it outside to the parking lot. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> what did you learn today,
0: Todd? Ryan Clark, who was excited <laughs> to meet Urkel during Super Bowl week, said not surprisingly the Bengals lost because of a weak offensive line.
1: No Counter, what did you learn? We learned the first time Ryan Clark saw boobs on TV. Uh, Marvin, what did you learn today? Fritzy has been waiting to rap his entire life. Yes.
2: It's the deal, double g
4: Paulie,
1: what did you learn? Baselli
4: had to keep the Hall of Fame secret for almost two weeks.
1: And his wife knew before he knew. Thanks for the phone calls, emails, tweets, all-around support. Our pleasure to serve you. Those who took part in the Mercedes-Benz Sprinter Contest, thank you for over 220,000 of you. We'll do it again tomorrow. Dan Patrick Show. One more item as we close out the show, and it's Callaway. Gotta love that new driver, Rogue ST. In fact, I got it, then I had to go to the Super Bowl, so just getting back into the man cave, we fired up the golf simulator and took out the weapon. Rogue ST, hitting bombs, engineered with new tungsten speed cartridge, That gives you more speed on off-center hits, and we do have a few of those. And you get more forgiveness as well. Callaway has engineered a rogue ST for every player. Now, most golfers will fit into the Max because of its incredible combination of distance and forgiveness. There's also Max D that's dedicated to the golfers who draw the ball. A little shot shaping correction there. Max LS, that gives you stronger trajectory with a more neutral ball flight. Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS, low spin head. That's what the tour players love. Callaway, they've thought through every aspect of speed. All you have to do is go rogue. Find your Rogue ST driver at callawaygolf.com go rogue.